2: Welcome in on the mark on a beautiful Wednesday. I'm Mark Carmen. This is Jake Valerius. We got a great show planned for you today. We're doing a lot of NBA and we're starting with the Golden State Warriors, the defending champs. And the question I think we got to ask your team are the Warriors in trouble Steph Curry yes cleared to come back but he's got four ankle injuries on the season one false step this could be a problem Jake Durant is out even uh, Draymond Green is getting need in the private parts which is causing problems he's missing games Uh, and Klay Thompson's got a fracture right thumb so everybody thought the Warriors were gonna win the NBA title and right now you've got a red hot Rockets team is gonna be the one seed and you've got this guy in, out in Cleveland is playing some pretty good basketball, so I ask you as we start out here, Jake, are the Golden State Warriors in trouble? No. No.
3: I, sorry. I mean, I know it's the boring answer, but they've, they've put themselves in a situation where basically they're innocent until proven guilty, and I'm looking at some of these injuries and I'm thinking, these are the sorts of things that when it matters, they're going to play through. They know they can't get the one seed. They're taking it easy. They're giving guys extra rest. I mean, Draymond Green, he has knee in the balls, and then he ha- misses game time with a sore shoulder. Yeah, I mean, this is some Greg Popovich-level stuff in some cases where they're just giving guys rests. They're maybe a little banged up. Let's take two weeks off, come into the playoffs, feeling fresh, feeling good, and cruise through. All
2: right, hold on. Let, let, let me rewind back to Steph, okay? They're 13-8 yeah. and eight without Steph. 13-8, and 40-10 and 10 with them. Uh, and the guy's having a great year, 26 a night, doing his thing. Four ankle injuries, man. Four. NBA playoffs are extremely physical. There's no way in my mind, just think, this, I think this is logical thought here. Can he get through the playoffs? And after taking two weeks off, where we they're quote-unquote strengthening the ankle, and all of a sudden it's going to be fine. I think logically along the way here, we're going to have another ankle injury, and then he's going to have to play through that. He's not going to have the luxury to sit, depending on the series and whatnot. Maybe early in the playoffs he will. Maybe not. I mean, the West is so deep. I, I, I just think it's most likely that we are going to deal with this in the playoffs. And, I, and the last time they lost, albeit up three games to one, it was because they were a banged-up Warriors team. It's
3: fair to be concerned, I think, about Steph's ankles. It's obviously been a thing historically with him that has been a problem Most, you know, earlier in his career and then most notably in the finals a couple of seasons ago. But all that you can do when you're making predictions is say, what do I know about who's going to be healthy? Right now, we're being told that Steph's going to come back this Friday. We are going to assume that he's going to be healthy coming into the playoffs. Even if he isn't, even the Golden State Warriors – with a Steph at 75%, which is, let's say, what he was in 2016. Even them with 75% of Steph Curry and the rest of their big four are the best team in the NBA, in my opinion. That's not a question. You said they lost to LeBron. Okay, but first of all, I think that Cleveland team are probably better than anyone they're going to face this time. Well, they and, also se- and second of all, they added KD, as you know I'm right. about to say. Right. And he's pretty good too. Yeah, so. Kevin
2: Durant's a pretty good basketball player, yes. But okay, let's, let's talk about Kevin Durant. He's got... A rib cartilage fracture, okay? Yes. Yeah. He, okay. I mean I'm not a doctor, but well, okay, but he's I mean his quotes are it hurts when I get out of bed. Obviously then it's not feeling great when I'm playing basketball. Now this is probably going to heal, but let's go play off basketball. You know this dude's got the rib cartilage fracture. Gonna be physical. Sure. sure. And th- this is my problem is, though when we gonna... when
3: we focus on injuries, right? I know KD and Steph have some negative history, but who else has negative injury history? Chris Paul. What is the Rockets' record like when you compare them with Paul and Harden to compared to just Harden? It's a significant difference. And if you're saying, would I take rather a banged-up Warriors team with some question marks about injuries, or would I rather take a banged-up Rockets
2: team with some question marks about injuries, you've got to go Warriors every time, right? Right. That Yes, 100%. But right now, the Rockets are not banged up. I mean, Chris Paul is on the court. James Harden's playing like a madman. We'll get to him in a second here. But... Uh, I think there is a real question right now. This is not just uh, on the Mark talk here. I think think to me it's pretty much wide open right now. I I think you look at how Cleveland's playing. I still expect the Cavs to come out of the East. But, okay, you want to say Toronto or who's got the best record? okay. Uh, I, I highly doubt it, but the Rockets are playing out of their skull. I mean, Hart, last night's game in Portland, James is hitting ridiculous step-back threes, which basically he's been doing all season long, but they're on a whole nother level, and they've got a great system figured out with Harden's in Paul's out Paul's in Harden's out they're both together I mean it's I I think the Warriors have kind of lulled
3: us into a false sense of security it was we had a similar discussion about the Cavs last season where they were absolute garbage for the last two or three weeks of the regular season they lost the one seed and we were like I mean they are the best team on paper but maybe they've just dropped off the intensity isn't there maybe they can't turn it around and it's the same thing with the Warriors. They're abs- They've been cruising for most of this season. They still, by the way, have I think the best defensive rating in the NBA and the second best offensive rating. Their net rating is better than the Rockets. And yes, there are injury concerns, but everything I'm- we're being told is that the Big Four are going to be healthy
2: for the postseason.
3: Right. If they're healthy, they win. It's that simple.
2: Right. And I'm just doing the. I'm just doing the. I, I agree with you that if indeed they are all healthy, but I, I'm doing the logical math in my mind. Steph Curry to me is a—it's a high probability that at some point he's going to get hurt in the playoffs. If, you, if you've had this much trouble all through the season, again I said this before, but logically I think I think it's going to creep up. Yeah. And are they good enough? To get through at that point, I, 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 I think it's going to be real how, how interesting. About, how
3: about this? I would still take the Warriors if they're missing only one of the big four. It doesn't matter which one it, it is. But Okay, but they're 13-8 and eight without Steph. Now, again, yeah, in the regular season, it's such a different dynamic. They don't, they don't care. They really don't. It's hard to overstress how little they care about this uh, until the playoffs, obviously. All
2: right, Let, let's move on to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Big news for the Cavs this week before we get to LeBron and his – performances which are just off the charts uh Tyloo Tyloo Ty is reportedly coughing up blood he's taking at least a week off he's not going to coach the team larry drew is in there right now uh he's saying a week that sounds a little bit more serious than a week to I me mean, i'm going to get a nutritionist i'm going to start working out these things take time uh I mean, do they are they going to miss Ty Lue? I mean, LeBron's the coach anyway, right? Does it even matter who's coaching the Cavs? I think that's unfair to to Ty Lue. Obviously, you know,
3: it's I don't. I have literally no idea what's going on with the health situation. Hopefully, I'll come back soon. Whatever. Um, seems like he's taking the steps he needs to to take care of it. But I think that's unfair. There's a lot of coaches who have worked with LeBron, and they always tend to just get. They're an afterthought, right? And that's fair enough. LeBron is that good that he is more important than the coach. I think anyone would agree to that. But having said that, it's not an accident that Tai Liu is the guy who is stuck around. It's not an accident that while the team has been in absolute turmoil at times, Tai Lu has always been a steady presence. He's been willing to confront LeBron when necessary. Bingo. He's been a welcoming, you know, arm around the shoulder when necessary. LeBron has turned on a lot of people in the last couple of years within that organization, and Ty Lu has never been one of them. Well, and that that to me says a lot about his ability to manage the ego, his ability to sort of keep people on side. And you know, we we tend you know we like to glorify the coaches who are drawing up crazy wild timeout plays, you know, Brad Stevens type guy. But a big part of coaching is just managing people, and there's a ton of evidence to suggest that Ty Lue is extremely good at that. You know, it's not an accident that the Cavs, despite whatever the hell they do during the regular season, cruise through the playoffs every year, and it's a big part because of him. So, you know, I got a lot of time
2: for Ty Lue, and I think they do miss him. See, and I, I would actually, you know, when you look at the whole body of work, look, he came in late in the season and did call out LeBron in his first year, and he brought that team together, and somehow, someway, Golden State was hurt, and Draymond got Kicked out a game, you know. Missed uh, what was it? Game he got ejected in game four, didn't play in game five, whatever it was. He missed a game in the finals. My memory's going. This is a bad sign for me. But uh, they won the finals, and 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 Lou got you know he deserved a whole lot of credit there. As uh, they, who was their coach even before? And he's like slipping my mind too. David Blatt. David Blatt. Who David is Blatt. Now what in Europe or something? Right.
3: Like, that's the thing though. That's what bothers me about it. I mean, this is an aggressive comparison, but you have someone like. Phil Jackson, who won, obviously, a ton of titles with superstar-laden teams, but no one's like, oh, Jordan's running the team. Phil Jackson is held up to be this coaching god, and he deserves that credit. But why do them we not give any credit to a guy
2: like Ty Lue? It doesn't make sense to me. So, okay, I mean, I, 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 still, I would still say, like, at the end of the day, Mike was coaching that team, but to, to that it, point, Well, exactly, but people don't hate on Phil like
3: they hate on Ty Lue. Would
2: you agree with that? I, uh... I mean, they hate on him. For, a, they hate on him for other reasons. They hate on. They hate it on David Blatt. I don't think they necessarily hate on Tyloo, but I do think he's completely dismissed. He, he is minimized, 100. percent I would. I, would I, I don't think he gets like hate on, but minimized for yeah, sure. Yeah. If we drawing that distinction, uh, okay. LeBron James, let's talk about him for a second here. Pretty good. Third oldest player to have a 40 point triple double. Did that against the Bucks uh, this week. Um and let, let's do our weekly. We're gonna do this. We're, we're doing this every week. I mean, might as well. Where should LeBron go? Update I'm, and the reason why. Reason why I think it's worth bringing up right now is you've got he's putting up a forty point triple double. He looks as happy as a clam in Cleveland, and so I'm like, why would you even consider leaving that situation when you're having the best year that he's had in. Maybe in his career, I would argue, and uh, you're having a great time. I I think things are looking pretty good in Cleveland right now for LeBron.
3: Yeah, I I still think it's kind of we need to wait and see what's going on after the playoffs. That's kind of the situation here. On top of that, I would say that Houston's recent resurgence, just becoming unbelievably good, has actually increased the chances he's going to go to Houston. You know, we've read a ton this week, all sorts of people offering analysis of this houston iso ball where they're basically playing this old school super slow game with harden and chris paul and even if paul left if lebron replaced chris paul in that system that's outrageous they are absurdly good if they could somehow keep all three even another level so uh, so i think obviously you know credit you know LeBron's going to be unbelievable wherever he goes, but I think this sort of discussion we're sort of having now where people are thinking, are Houston really good enough to challenge Golden State? I think that may sort of maybe be turning LeBron's head. I would certainly be fascinated to see it. Yeah. I still want to see him go to the Spurs. But Let, just
2: me. Let's have the MVP conversation. Okay. Which, 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 okay so I, and it's not even a conversation for uh, seemingly everybody else. James Harden is going to be the MVP since you brought up Houston. So J- okay. J- James Harden's having an incredible year. And he's still not the best player in basketball. Nobody would argue with that. LeBron James is averaging uh, the most rebounds in his career at nine. He's averaging nearly nine assists, 8.7, which is also a career high. He's scoring 27 a night, which is the most since he was a cab before he was a Miami Heat, 2009, 2010. The cle- he started. He started with a horrendous roster. They had a huge winning streak. Then the whole thing fell apart. Now they're right in the thick of the Eastern Conference. Best player in the game. And then there's Harden, who is having a phenomenal year. And Houston's winning a ton of games. But nobody would take LeBron over James Harden. Why is it? Why is this such a unanimous thing? LeBron's having the best year of his career, and he's getting like no love for the MVP. So, I.
3: I- I see where you come from, and I would. I mean, I don't think he should, but I would. I mean, I would enjoy LeBron winning it. I like LeBron, and I think it would be nice for him to get that extra MVP. Having said that, it's a regular season award, right? It's not the award for who's the best player, it's the award for who is the best player over the 82 games of the regular season. And a couple of things stand out to me when, okay. when you look at that. Their their stats across the board are pretty much, you know, their offensive stats are pretty much a wash. LeBron's a little higher in assists and rebounds, but Harden's better from three. His, you know, par and his win shares are higher. I think that's pretty much neck and neck. But two things stand out to me. First, Houston have a significantly better record. Being a great player is, is good. Putting up huge offensive numbers is obviously good, but if you're not contributing to your team winning, They are, to some extent, devalued.
2: How many games did the Cavs win without LeBron?
3: He's contributing to them making the playoffs. They're obviously better for having him in the team. But, you know, Harden's on on pace for, what, a 60-plus win season. He is the lifeblood of that team. His skill set, his unique skill set in isolation basketball, his ability to shoot the three, has allowed Houston to adopt what is, you know, in many ways, a completely sort of revolutionary new form of basketball, this sort of combination of pace, pace and space offense with ISO basketball. He's allowing that to happen. And in the same way, you know, obviously LeBron is, wins Cleveland games all the time, but he's not making the team as good as Harden is making his team overall. The second point I would focus on is defense. The Cavs are the 28th best or the third worst, in other words, defensive team in the NBA. He doesn't play D In front of, I think, the Kings and the Suns, which, you know, let's not even go there. Meanwhile, Houston, they've jumped up from last season. I think they were 18th in defensive rating. This season, they're 10th. A top 10 defense. A big part because Harden said, finally, after – many years in the nba hey i'm gonna maybe put a minimal level of effort in on defense and harden now is a respectable defender on a team that plays good overall team defense and he's leading them to a 60 plus win season and so for me of course we're going into the playoffs give me lebron james every day of the week but we're not going into the playoffs we're talking about a regular season award for the 82 games of the regular season and harden's body of work taking into account all aspects of, of you know offense defense total wins overall team Success, style of basketball. Harden for me has done more.
2: Let, let me let me rewind back to last year. Russell Westbrook. I mean, it's, a, it's a
3: regular season. I, I understand.
2: I understand. Russell Westbrook won the MVP award yeah, last year, which and they I got, disagree. with. They, they got smoked in the playoffs. They they lose in the first round, four one. Okay. He averaged a triple double. They're like, oh, we got to give it to him. He averaged a triple double. Yeah. They didn't win nearly as many games as everyone else. Yet here's LeBron. He's averaging a, a an assist. Yeah,
3: you're not going to convince me by telling me Westbrook should have won the MVP or shouldn't have won the MVP last year because I didn't think he should have won the MVP. Okay, those
2: numbers did not persuade me. So don't tell me those
3: numbers should right, make but, me change my mind about LeBron.
2: Okay, let me try another way then. If I, can, <laughs> if I if I may, he has. We would you would agree that James Harden has a Robin? Correct has a what a Robin a Batman a Robin he's got he's got Chris Paul right sure LeBron sure. LeBron completely ridiculous by Cleveland they traded Kyrie Irving lost his Robin to Boston and then lost Robin Jr. Uh, Kevin Love <laughs> for you know a quarter of the year to a broken left wrist he hasn't had anyone and he's still and and you throw in the huge trade uh, for players the whole thing he's doing this by himself I mean, and, and they're, they're right in the middle of it. Like, doesn't that add up for any uh, – how, how is he not even in the conversation? Oh, second is Anthony Davis, and, 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 and then you got to – I mean, are you kidding me? Le, this Lebron, guy, This guy has been preposterous this season. LeBron
3: always gets punished for his reputation. He's compared not to what he's doing or other players in the NBA. He's compared to what we've seen from him in the past. And looking at what he's done in the past, this is a guy who's routinely winning, you know, well over 50 games, usually over 60 games, a one seed. And not doing that stuff obviously hurts him. People have just become so desensitized to his greatness that they don't give him the credit he deserves. I absolutely agree with all of that stuff. He should 100% be in the conversation. Of course he should be in the conversation. But I think what Harden is doing is, like, really game-changing, you know, generation-defining basketball. Stuff he's doing is stuff that will have ripple effects around the NBA for a long time in the foreseeable future. And to me, you know, that deserves credit. He was also robbed by Westbrook last year, so, you know, let's give him an extra shout out for that we're gonna see 10
2: we're gonna see 10 year olds doing step backs uh, (laughs) yeah uh, well they're changing the rules now to make kids not do Steph Curry three pointers just uh, just to give James Harden some love here because I'm not trying to hate on him James Harden is the number one scorer in the NBA the last five years if you combine them all He's, he's number five in assists the last five years uh this is all ahead of LeBron by the way number four in minutes and he's shot the most free throws of anybody in the NBA pretty ridiculous run for James Harden all right let's do uh let's do some NCAA tournament to wrap up here we're doing as we go into the Sweet 16 tomorrow what is the best story of the NCAA tournament we've got some great candidates here uh the 16 seed UMBC the University of Maryland Baltimore County beating one seed one overall seed Virginia we've got Loyola in the Sweet 16 and their outstanding advocate sister Jean and then we've got Nevada, also in the Sweet 16, coming back from all sorts of deficits, and Mariah Musselin, Musselman, the daughter of head coach Eric Musselman, and her interview skills and the, the sweetness of that. So those are three, and you can, I, if you would feel free to, give me your best story of the tournament, because this has been a wild tournament, and I've loved it, and congrats to the Loyola Ramblers. I'm, I'm all about the Retrievers, UMBC,
3: Virginia. Main thing for me, like, I feel we've kind of, I know it was a big story when it happened, but it wasn't dramatic. They just crushed them. That that game wasn't close. It wasn't last minute buzzer beater 3 from some, you know, last guy off the bench you no one's ever heard of. This wasn't sort of your typical sort of March Madness romantic underdog story. They just absolutely dominated them. I mean, I don't know what Virginia were doing, but to me that has just like not received any of the
2: credit it should have got. They destroyed them. It wasn't even close. It, well, And what they did, like for me, if you're going to make the UMBC case, because I think it's just a huge bummer that they go and lose to Kansas State in just a terrible game, which they could have won.
3: But that's perfect. Though. But- that's, that's the true...
2: I, I March guess. Madness ending. I mean, the school is known for their chess team before this. Uh, they uh, they have, I guess they're a great teacher's college, and uh, they do a lot of other stuff off the court, but this was not it. But they, they, they have a media relations guy, Jason Seidel, was tweeting from the game. Their Twitter account goes from 5,000 to over 100,000 followers. I mean, people were going nuts. So, like, that was all cool. But then I sort of think they stepped on themselves by... Losing in the second round. Great story that night. Can I talk about the Royal Ramblers here?
3: Yes, you may.
2: Okay. First of all, they're in the Sweet 16. They have the great sister Jean, who's 98 years old. She's a nun. She's in the locker room talking to these guys, saying, hey, here's, here's what you need to do. And by the way, I'll say a prayer or two for you. She has got a bobblehead that is, uh, from years past, that they're trying to reinstitute into sales. Their, their merchandise is up 500% according to fanatics.com, which is an outstanding uh, website if you're looking for places <laughs> to buy things. So, uh, and you've got the buzzer beater. Dante Ingram, 30-footer uh, in, in game one, right? That was an, inc- an incredible shot. And then Clayton Custer with 3.6 left. They they've got 12 straight wins to get by Tennessee. This is, uh, this is incredible. Everything they've done is uh, uh, you're heading game winners. You've got Sister Jean. You're in the Sweet 16. First time since 1985, 33 years. Loyola, the Ramblers. Ramble on. Are you a Rambler? I mean, I, you know, I grew up close enough to Loyola that I feel like I can adopt them <laughs> for right now. That sounds convincing. So, but and then the other one uh, to give Nevada credit here, uh, you know, to beat Cincinnati, they were down ten nothing, they were down eighteen to four, they were down twenty seven to ten, they're down sixty five forty three with just under eleven minutes to go. Comeback match is the second largest in the history of the tournament. The only one that was bigger was two thousand twelve BYU and Iona, right? Uh, and they they held Cincinnati without a hoop the final five minutes and forty five seconds. Uh, this and I, I like the fact that you've got two twins on the team. They both they transfer from NC State to Nevada Wolfpack to Wolfpack. Often you see that there, Jake. Huh? Not often. But Mariah Musselman. Mariah Musselman, great name. Doing interviews with Mariah Musselman and Loyola sister Jean. They're gonna there's going to be an interview moment. The, yeah. The, the, it's going to be very the three year old and and then the 98 year old. This is what the NCAA tournament is all about. Yeah. You're sticking okay. with
3: the retrievers? I'm sticking with the retrievers. I th- I think the sister gene has been uh been a little Over. overplayed. A little too much? A little perhaps <laughs> becoming contrived yeah. at this point. No,
2: say say more about that, because there is a, there is like a sister gene movie. I mean, I don't want
3: to throw out wild claims, but you know, conspiracy perhaps comes to mind. Media conspiracy.
2: Like what? Well, I don't know, you know, you b- before fixing- these
3: tournaments, what, CBS or whatever, they look at the, oh, what's the interesting angle we can find? And they're just hitting this thing so hard. Like, we get it. She's an older person,
2: you know? You think that, like, you're, are you bothered by, like, like that there's certain people that think the Loyola is connected with the Almighty and that's why they're winning?
3: Yeah. I mean, am I bothered by that? I don't know if bothered
2: is the right <laughs> word, but I won't say what the yeah. right word is. Okay. Okay. Well, I, you know, Sister, Sister Jean... Did not ask for this attention. However, she is loving it. She, she's she, loving she it. She is absolutely... I, no problem and, with Sister Gina and,
3: herself. Just sort of the industry that has developed around her is and, troubling to Yes,
2: me. and she should enjoy this. You're 98 years old. All yeah. of a sudden, you're like, you're, as she said, an international star. They're talking about her in Mexico. Is that They're, true? That's okay, true.
3: I guess Mexico
2: well it's a different country i I, I think i grant you that i'm sure they're talking about in europe too that's are they though i I think they are i
3: I think you've been to europe recently sister
2: sister Jean is sister Jean is is she's international she's national she's she's everything she's it's a beautiful story ramble on ramble on i do like that that's a good elite eight gonna beat nevada all right we're with you every Wednesday at noon. Thanks for checking out On the Mark. I appreciate uh, everybody's comments on the show today. It's always fun to go back and check out what people have to say. We, uh, we'll see you next week, which will be uh, we'll be heading into the Final Four, and uh, it'll be opening day the, the next day. How about that? Baseball. Baseball. Busy. About time. Good to see you, buddy. LeBron James, you're the MVP, even if you don't get the award. <laughs> you were it last year, too.